<laughs> Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. That the power of Christ compels you. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. What's blood for? If not for shooting. I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. Thank you one and all for joining us here again on the It Records podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Johnson, as always, and I am joined by the magnanimous, the ever-charming, the brilliant Lindsay Clark. Lindsay Clark is here in the studio. Thanks for uh, for joining us, Lindsay. Hey, yeah, it's me again. I'm back. We got Lindsay. We were able to get her. And guys, I got some good news. We were able to get another person here. We have another person in the studio. This person <laughs> is a longtime friend, longtime podcast host, Peter Hansen, everybody. Peter was able to show up. Pete, thanks for being here. I was worried that you were going to forget about me. <laughs> Pete, how could I forget about you? It's been only five years or so since we started started the It Records podcast. We are, uh, I was thinking about that last night, actually, that it's at least five years, if not six, which is crazy. It may be crazy. close to six now for you guys. At least I like think- the original discussions were probably six years. I'm trying to think now because I know that I did the other podcast before I met Courtney, and I was oh, wow. trying to think yeah. when we started, if it was while we were dating or not. I couldn't. I can't quite pinpoint it. It's we, been a long time. Yeah, we released our first episode in like fall 2016. So like prior to that, we at least had been recording. So it might have mm-hmm. been early 2016. Late we definitely were dating at that point. We started dating in 2015. Okay. How right. time flies. Yeah. So you can yeah, right. judge your relationship with how long you've been been with Courtney by how long we're doing this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> perfect. They they mirror each other. Yeah, they're pretty All right, close. Well, yeah, for real. There's uh I didn't know it was that close, honestly, until you brought it up, but that's pretty crazy. Thank you though if, for, for tuning in um today for the it Records podcast. And before we kind of roll into uh the movie and what we've been watching. I just wanted to kind of throw it to you guys. We had the intro there just a second ago and it had several different movie quotes or movie quotes. And I was just curious as, as you were listening, were you able to pick up on any and what movie they might've been, uh, been from? Okay. So the power of Christ compels you is from the exorcist. Mm-hmm. And then I think the only other one that I recognize or remember is if I'm not mistaken, I'm my number one fan, uh, Kathy Bates in Misery. Yes. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. That's all I got. There's also Psycho, Scream, um, Saw, right? No clue. I think I, I know, not Saw, but I think I know the one you're talking about. That what's blood for if not for shedding? Yeah. It's like, it sounds like Jigsaw. It does. It does sound like Jigsaw, but it's actually. Tony Todd. Do you know? Oh, Candyman? Yeah, that's the original Candyman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that speech. It really sounded like uh, the guy Jigsaw to me. It does. (laughs) Yeah, it really does sound like him. Yeah. You want to play a game? Yeah. Most definitely. Um, And how many? There's two more? There's two more. 
They were at the beginning. Um, I can't one, remember now. So the first one is The Omen. Uh, Damien, it's all for you. Oh, that's right. That's the very first one. And then very quietly, It's Alive, It's Alive is Frankenstein. Frankenstein, yeah, that's right. Shout out to a, right. an oldie. But yeah. Got some classics up in here. They're all classics, actually. Yeah. So, so those nice are all the job. quotes from the, uh, the It Records theme. But we're going to roll into not just songs and quotes, but guys, uh, I'm kind of curious. It's been it's been a while since we've talked. What have you been watching, horror or otherwise? Welcome to the show. It's time to find out what the terrible trio have been watching. Or who has been watching them. All right, you heard the uh, the demon there. What have you guys been watching, horror otherwise? Lindsay, would you like to uh, start us off? Okay. I think I really need to catch up with The Bachelor. I am several episodes behind, uh, so I'm trying not to read any of the spoilers for all I know. We could be at the end right now. Don't really know. Haven't had a whole lot of time for uh, TV lately. But that's been my main focus. I also know that Riverdale is coming back in August, so I need Ooh. to get up to speed with that finally. I know you guys haven't watched since, like, season one or two, so it's <laughs> been, you know, um, a lot has happened. But, yeah, uh, as far as what I'm currently watching, honestly, who has the time? I don't. And uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to get back to a p- point in my life where... I have more time for that because right now it's not a. I have all the time, so you could take some okay. of my time. Cause Can I please? Yeah, yeah delegate a little bit. So okay. much stuff that we need to find a happy middle for the both of us. Yeah, that would work for both of us, actually. So thanks for the time donation. Yeah, no problem. So besides so, yeah, that Survivor, leads us to you. of course, I'm on season 39 out of 40. <sighs> Ooh, you're coming up here. We're real close. That's exciting. Yeah, it's a controversial season, unfortunately. What's the the name of it? Season 39. Island of Idols. A lot of immunity idols there? Hidden immunity idols? There is, but there's a play on words because there's actual idols of the show that give Uh, hints to people, that give advice to people, like Boston Rob and Sandra are like there giving advice to people whenever they come to the island. But the controversial thing is that someone gets ejected from the show for like inappropriately touching people. Like he like assaults like one a contestant in particular. It hasn't happened yet, but I I know of it. And I, I, know, I know that it. he I know that he lasts longer than he should. Like they don't vote him out because of it. They like they like want to because keep you want to keep the asshole there because yeah, if you go to the end, like, you'll beat him. No, wow. Yeah, that's that's what people did, and then they're like, no, this is like. Then the show like had to step in, like, no, he's got to go. Well, that's good, because yeah, they probably would have kept him around the whole time because they, they knew they they kept him. They like were trying to force people to vote him out, but like they wouldn't do it. So I just like I don't know, just like on both sides, it's just like, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, right. why are you keeping him along? For that, and like, why didn't the show kick him out sooner? Okay, so that's survivors have been taking up the majority of your time, but I've watched a lot of movies lately. Okay, 
here's here's a list. Give us the, the rundown. Con- the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, so the third Conjuring I watched. Election, oh, Black nice. Black Widow, Badlands, Clute, Sweet Home Alabama, The Sweetest Thing, Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain, Fear Street, 1994, and obviously Psycho Gorman. Yo, that's a good list. Fear Street is in my queue. I'm definitely yes. looking to watch, looking forward yeah. to watching that. I liked it. I was a little disappointed with it. I heard it gets better. Um, it definitely like it's like episodic, but it's also in like a movie form. Like it's a, almost a two hour movie, but okay. there's like things that like are left unanswered. But isn't there a three? It's like ninety four. There's supposed to be three. Then it's like the seven, and then there's seventy four, then sixteen sixty six. Okay. The yeah. Third episode. So it's like, and then they're releasing more, like next year, I think. Interesting. Oh god, we have like, to wait a whole year. There's like fifty books of the original series, so they have a lot of material to go off of. Really? Did you guys okay. read those books growing up? I had no idea what I they did were. Not. You would have loved them. I mean, like, kind of based on what we talk about now as adults, like, yeah. they were great. <laughs> I get a feeling that it was, like, for older kids, because, like, you know, obviously I, ha- I knew about Goosebumps and read Goosebumps novels, yeah. and I feel like that was probably more appropriately aged at the time for me. Yeah. Um, and I know he had a couple, of, like, other series. I think The Haunting Hour or some shit like that is, like, him, too. Yeah. So he's got that a lot. Was- Fear Street was like legitimately scary sometimes. Like, I mean, the movie is like legit. The movie is like rated R. Like, yeah, it's like pretty. It's like gory. (laughs) Okay, well, that's good to know. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, it's a good time. I think there are some things that was like, oh, I don't know if they needed to do that. (laughs) So that's movies. Yeah, that's that's quite a few. And then TV was was ten. I almost said Seinfeld, Survivor. Survivor is the show you're watching. Yeah. Um, okay. I was going to jump in when you were mentioning your movies. TV, I'll start there. I I just binge-watched Ted Lasso season one. I don't know if anybody's seen it because season two is coming out tomorrow. I haven't seen it. I've heard it's really good, though. I did the free trial of Apple TV because I don't have it. Um, and so I just binge-watched it. Very good. I, I, I recommend it. I free Lasso. for a year because I got a free year trial when I got a new iPhone, I've barely used it. (laughs) Well, this is one to check out because also for, for us and any people who also went to Illinois state university, uh, there's the, one of the main characters beard on the show as a co-creator, co-writer. Um, he's from Illinois state. It's up for a bunch of Emmys too. So that's a little interesting tidbit. I do think that's it for TV though. I don't think I've really been watching any other. I watched one episode of Buffy, the Hush episode, season four. Great episode. Uh, I watched that. It is. It's, it's my favorite one of season four, for sure. That's TV. Movies, though. Black Widow. Saw that as well, Pete. I didn't watch The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. I did watch The Conjuring, though. The first one. So we're on a similar wavelength in terms of those movies. I think the first two are really good. The third one is a disappointment, for sure. Yeah. I could watch it. It's on HBO Max. I just have yeah, not been drawn to it at all. I think it is a big letdown. It's still like okay, but I think like The Conjuring is like a really like those are two really good horror movies. Even though I know like they're about controversial figures about people who took advantage of people. 
mm-hmm. in a, and they don't present it that way. Like they like, I guess like they make it like, it makes sense why they did it for the movie. It just like flows better instead of just like, Oh, these people are frauds. It's not scary. <laughs> like, it, I guess it kind of makes sense, but it's also like, uh, they really did like, like take people's money for yeah, no yeah. reason. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Trying to think what else I watched. Oh, uh, starry eyes is on my list. That's a movie we've done here. I'm going to watch that, um, this week, starry eyes. And I watched city lights, which is a Charlie yeah. Chaplin film. I've seen that one. Yeah. It's At least very, I think I have. I always get confused with modern times. Ones. I don't know why I always get those. I was like, I was like, I know I've seen at least one of them and I was confused if it's city lights or modern times. Modern times, I think it's like the auto plant and city lights is where he's like, he's a, the tramp and he befriends a very rich person um, who kind of is, only meets the tramp when he's drunk um, and hangs out with him. They become best friends. But then when he's not drunk, he doesn't realize the tramp and the tramp falls in love with this uh, blind flower girl. Oh yeah. That's the one I've seen. That's city lights. <laughs> City Lights is very good, I think. Um, it's a fun one. It's on HBO Max, too, if anybody wants to see it, hasn't seen a Charlie Chaplin one. Oh, I was, like, nodding my head like I knew what you were talking about. Like, yeah, the Bruce Willis movie. And then you were like, no, not that. Which one is that one with Bruce Willis? I don't think I've seen that one. He, like, I haven't seen it since it came out, so that was about 21 years ago. But he, like, meets himself was, like, an eight-year-old kid who's yeah. Spencer Breslin. And then, like, I think, like, Spencer Breslin is, like, disappointed, like, with how he, you know what I mean? Like, how he, how his life turned out or something like that, and he has to make changes or something like that. I can't remember. I think that's pretty good point for, yeah. Yeah. The plot of that movie. I remember It was pretty touching. One. I very specifically remember watching that one in theaters when it came out. Yes. Because... That was like one of the first times in my life. We said it was like 21 years ago or something. We would have been, mm-hmm. let's not say, <laughs> you know, we were younger. We were younger. But it was like one of the first times I saw two movies in the same weekend for a young kid. I was like, it was always like one movie a weekend or like, not like, you know, it wasn't every weekend, but it was like a, a treat when I could go see a movie. I loved going to movies. And it was the first weekend that I was like, I saw X-Men. The first X-Men came out that same weekend. Um, with like Hugh Jackman, the first one, and then the next day, the kid. And I really think that my mom cool. wanted to see the kid, and that's why we saw it. <laughs> that is pretty big stuff, even now, honestly. But as a kid, oh yeah, 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 yeah it's pretty great. rare. It was pretty rare to see a movie more than once in a weekend. I feel like mm-hmm. for sure, as a kid, like if I maybe in college or something, when I could do whatever I wanted, right. I would do that. <laughs> but speaking of movies. Uh, we did one for the podcast, if you can imagine. We did a horror movie today. Uh, we chose to do that. And the one we chose was the, I'm going to say 2021. It's really 2020, I, I guess, is when it came out. But we'll say 2021, just for the hell of it. Psycho Gorman, directed by Stephen Kostansky. Um, this movie, if you haven't seen it, uh, deals with siblings Mimi and Luke, who unwittingly resurrect an ancient alien overlord. Using a magical amulet, they force the monster to obey their childish whims and accidentally attract a rogues gallery of intergalactic assassins to their small town suburbia. And uh, if that didn't wet your whistle enough, maybe this trailer will. Many moons ago, a nameless evil was imprisoned in a place far beyond reach. 
Hurry up! If he were ever to be released, it would spell certain doom for all existence. Is that fear I smell? Your planet will be torn to pieces, and I will Mimi, your fuck. screams as I rip. Is this yours? Oh. Uh, oh my god. The gem of Paraxidite. Whoever wields it is able to command me. Go over there. Uh, and wait for us to come back in the morning. You will suffer an eternity for this. Bye. Mom, Dad, I want you to meet Psycho Gorman. Or a PG for short. I will bathe in your blood. Don't worry. Be worried. He's gonna kill everybody, not unless I tell him to. What did you three maniacs get up to? Um, this is getting a little weird. This sick game must come to an end. She will enslave the galaxy into endless servitude. Kill him! Cool. Ultimate evil has awoken. There's a new god in town, and his name Psycho Gorman. It was nice meeting you. It would be nicer if you were dead. All right, bye. All right, that is the. Uh... That is a Psycho Gorman trailer. Give any little taste of it. That's what we watched this week. Guys, I know it's a new movie. Had you seen it before? Or is this the uh, first viewing as well? I mean, I've never seen it before. And I, I assume that it was for all of us. <laughs> yeah, I never heard of it um, <laughs> until you mentioned it. So, yeah. How did you How did you hear about it, actually? Yeah, so, so I selected this one uh, for this week. I heard about it probably... El- you know, early 2020, if not before that, I saw the trailer and I was excited about it. It looked really interesting. Reminded me of like a 80s or 90s trauma movie or like a 90s cartoon, almost like the the actual design of, of these monsters because it's all practical effects. So it looked interesting and like Stranger Things or E.T. meets Hellraiser or something like that. So it seemed really cool and interesting. And I've been waiting for it for a while just because I knew about it probably late 2019, early 2020. And then it got pushed forever because of uh, the pandemic. It didn't get a release for a while. So I've been really looking forward to it. And I was happy it finally came on to shutter after all this time. Okay, so you knew about it pretty much the whole time then. Yeah, I guess so. Me and uh, Steven, we, uh, we exchanged texts uh, quite a bit. Um, so I knew when he was going to start directing it, that uh, I was excited about it. First name basis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First name. Uh, I wish I could have made it onto the cast, the but he said they were, all, they were all booked. A little insight into into this. Stephen Kostansky, this isn't the first time his name has been brought up on, on the show. We've actually done another movie with him. Do you guys remember the movie that he directed that we've done on this podcast? Not a chance. Oh. My guess is the Belco experiment. I don't know why. Hmm. The Belco experiment. It it's very close. Movie. I mean, well, to, I guess it doesn't have to, but it, we did we did it around the time that we recorded the Belco experiment. But the movie he did was The Void, uh, 
was Stephen Gustafson. Uh, Those two movies are like the same thing to me. Like I do not remember how to differentiate them. So that was a it's really funny because they're very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then we must have recorded them back to back. We did. I think they were around the same time frame for sure. Uh, we did them. We were better at recording more frequently than for sure. I think we were like almost on a weekly basis. We were like doing new episodes. Now we're like on a monthly basis, I would say. Which I think is pretty Definitely, good yeah. for. We used to be weekly. 29 year olds. Yeah. yeah, we're not weekly. <laughs> this is just a side hustle. It's too hard. It yeah. is hard. We'll have to get it up to dailies uh, pretty soon. We'll get daily daily podcasts. So watch watch oh, a movie God. a day. <laughs> no pressure or anything. Start recording. <laughs> just stream of consciousness. No You have dailies uh, when it's October because you record yeah. like short clips. You've been pretty consistent time. with that the last couple of years, too. That's true. I am a little far away here, but hopefully you can still hear me. Okay, I'm back. Yes, I have been. Um, and I plan on doing that again this year, uh, the Halloween horrors. But I, I think I did – what did I do? I think I went from like 1990-something to 2020 last year. Like every day was a different year in horror. Yeah, you Yeah, you started – that's exactly what you did. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> awesome. Um Yes, and this upcoming year, if you're listening, I just planned on doing kind of the opposite, starting at the year, like, 93, 92 or 93, something like that, whenever I started, and just working backwards for 31 days. Uh, So I'll go into the past. So 90s, I'll probably be into the 70s or 60s, um, going backwards this time. That sounds inspired. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it's always fun. It always gets me into the mood anyway for Halloween movies. (laughs) Like, I'll watch the ones I'm talking about. (laughs) Or... It makes me want to watch them. Like Wishmaster I did last year. Uh, made me really want to watch that because I talked about it. I still haven't seen that. Me either. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Or at least at least three. At least three Wishmasters that I can remember. Oh, yeah. And you did your Puppet Master thing. And it was like ten of those. Yeah. Puppet Master. It's great. But speaking of the Wishmaster, he has... That's a monster in and of itself. And it has a lot of prosthetics, practical effects, we can start getting into Psycho Gorman um, and talk about this one because uh, it's a doozy. I guess I would just kind of throw it to you guys for first impressions. I know this was my pick. First impressions of Psycho Gorman. Did the monster remind you of Jeepers Creepers? A little bit. I didn't think of it until you just mentioned it, but definitely I can see that. Jeepers Creepers. A lot of yeah. us, even Ivan Ooze a little bit from... It took me a while to, like, I was, like... If anybody saw that. I mean, yeah, I was kind of hooked from the beginning, which doesn't always happen, but I was very <laughs> interested. However, the character of Mimi is a little too fucking much. <laughs> Would you agree? I don't know. I think she learned a lot of lessons in that movie and really Do grew you? throughout the whole movie. No, I don't. She never. She never really wants. Yeah, I think like I think I know what they were going for. Like at that, like Matt said earlier, how I was like really inspired from like eighties and nineties straight to video horror. I feel like a lot of those movies had like very empowered or try to have empowered female characters, especially younger ones. Um, Which I'm all for. Yeah, great. 
and they just like just took that into overdrive. I think it's like yes. some some characters are definitely like cuckoo bananas um, in some of those horror movies, but they definitely like they're like okay, we got to make her pretty crazy too, and. I could see people being very annoyed by it because it did uh, annoy me. <laughs> the like she is fun. Like I thought that actress did awesome. Like the character is kind of funny, um, but she's mean. She's mean. She, I think the brother is supposed to be older, and she's oh, the younger sister. Yeah, but it's like the dynamic is flipped. Yeah, I def like she definitely did a great job. Like she did like what she was supposed to do. I think like mm-hmm. what we're saying is like the writing. <laughs> yeah, she was mean. She was like, "Hey, PG." That's what they call him for short. Like they call this monster Psycho Gorman, you know, PG. Hey, kill him first. You know what I mean? Like she, I don't think she was joking. There's nothing to lead me to believe that she wasn't, or or she wasn't not joking because she was always so mean throughout the whole thing. There's only like that brief moment that was like short lived where she said she was sorry, but she did it like jokingly at the end. And then she did it in like fucking Morse code. Exactly. Yeah. She didn't even say it. Another character who I feel like is ridiculous is maybe like who she takes after is like her dad is like a deadbeat dad and just like has no redeeming qualities. And is just like tiny. Yeah, he's very funny. Like, that's, yeah. like, like it's definitely for, like, comedic effect, but, like, yeah. if this was real life, he would be a, a bad husband and a bad father. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, it was, like, super over the top, the the dad's comments. Like, he was, like, uber lazy. It was, like, wanted to be, when he made the chicken in the microwave and then, like, left it in there, he wanted to be, like, commended for making dinner. And when he, like, broke his arm... Yeah. Uh, but his wife was like bleeding out from being hit with a sword by some intergalactic alien. He was like, my wrist is broken. You got to take me to the hospital. He was just so, so self-centered throughout the whole movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's a lot going on here. It's like, it's uh build as a Canadian science fantasy horror comedy. So it's got something for everyone basically. Cause it's a mashup of like everything. It's got that family element added to it as well. It's, I mean, it's definitely paying like homage or homage to not only does it hit all those genres, but just movies in the past, you could probably see things like Pete mentioned Jeepers Creepers. It reminds him of that. Like elements in the movie remind you of other things that you've seen before, not just like other different genres, but I think they were going for that. Like trauma films, some of those ones really reminds me of that. Yeah, uh, I wonder what his major. He didn't like. I know you. Or do you have an answer? I, I was like, I was going to ask I this question. His, I think I have the answer. Ex, as, uh, I can't talk. Yeah, his most influence came from. I do know. I know the movie. Do you have any guesses? God. Uh, <laughs> no, I have none. The movie that he said that really inspired inspired him there's a lot of different ones but rawhead rex was the main one that's a it's based off a clive barker book and it's like in the 80s and it's essentially like this demon kind of the similar storyline of psycho gorman where he he's pulled from 
uh, a grave or he's been like, you know, entombed for a long time and he's set forth upon earth. That's like Rawhead Rex, but he like unleashes hell upon the earth. Where it's like, he said, what if I added E.T. meets that? Where it's like a bunch of kids and they can control this type of thing. And so that was kind of the inspiration for Psycho Gordon. Never seen that one, but I should have figured like Clive Barker because I could see like I feel like Intergalactic Aliens is very him because it's like didn't he do Event Horizon and then he fucking do what's the other one that's like very alien oriented? It's like got the nurse. Um, God, what the fuck is that movie called? I'm not sure. For Clive Barker, it's like but even creepy alien, it's like a creepy alien in a nurse outfit. That's all I remember. <laughs> creepy looking creatures are Clyde Barker. Like even like some of these creatures reminded me of something that would be a Cenobite from some Hellraiser movie as well. Like maybe not Psycho Gorman, but some of the was the Planetary Alliance that's up in space, like the brain person and everything. And I don't know these these effects also kind of reminded me of. Again, it's all like looks like rubber people in rubber or actual yeah. outfits that they made. It reminded me of a lot of '90s and '80s like cartoon TV shows growing up. Like Power Rangers was one that came to mind for me. If you ever watched sure. that growing up, like the villains um, and what they wore, it really the reminded fight, me of that. The fight was definitely very Power Rangers uh, that he had with his like minions with like just explosions happening when they hit like <laughs> on contact. That was so Power That's Rangers. That's right. That. You know, I was wondering, that's definitely Power Rangers. I forgot they did that. Like, little tiny sparks would come off when you'd hit somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was in this movie. The, yeah, in uh, the movie I was thinking of, it was called Nightbreed. What is it called? Nightbreed. Nightbrief. Breed. I, breed. Yeah. Okay. I haven't heard of that one at all, so it, add it to I the think list. It was, like, not lost, but, like, a director's cut wasn't, like, out. So it like kind of like fell by the wayside because it's like not what he wanted, and just like a cut was just like that existed that people hated, and then they released like a director's cut like a few years ago, and people were like very excited about it. I remember watching it. I remember thinking I was like, I don't know what the hell this movie is. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I think I always. I probably said this on this podcast or another one. I'm always kind of pleased visually when I see a Clive Barker movie, but I, I don't, I might not necessarily love the movie, like the entire plot or the story, the pacing, okay, I agree with you. but I like the way they look and like the creatures yeah. um, and the, the way they're shot. I always like them in that sense. I think Hellraiser is probably the best, but he wrote that. Mm-hmm. And then I would say Event Horizon is also like, a better one, but it's also not my favorite. <laughs> no, but it is a good one. Um, Rawhead Rex, I got to put that on the on the list now. Yeah, I got to check that this one, one out. Psycho Gorman. <laughs> Psycho Gorman, PG for short. Yes, PG. So we're not talking about the rating. If you hear PG, it's, <laughs> it's the nickname. PG. It's, it's <laughs> yes, firmly is... rated R. <laughs> it is. like I think it has, and we can talk about kind of like, we talk about the genres, but like the tone of the film because it is R and there is gore in this movie. Like you do see blood um, uh, and guts, but it, it's, it's funny and it has kids in it. So it's like kind of on the lighter side or you're like, it's not entirely serious. There's a, a levity to it. I feel like it's not serious at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I do appreciate, cause there's something about like when there's young kids 
swearing a lot in movies where I'm just like, ah, you know, that feels off. That that song like that she just like goes into the frig off song. I was oh, yeah. dying. <laughs> that was good. I don't know was... what that was, but I didn't know we needed it, but I'm glad we got it. I, the same. It was like jamming pack full of like some like tropes or things you'd seen in these movies, like growing up where they were in a band together and psycho Gorman's playing the drums. Like, I feel like that was always some sort of, you know, bit. There was always a band or someone was out of sorts who was in the band, but also the montage scene, which is like right next to that where she's like hanging out with Mimi psycho Gorman and they're going like shopping and getting him yeah, in outfits and stuff. Different outfits. Yeah. Yeah. That's in this movie. I feel like it's kind of like, how killer clowns is like based off a joke yeah <laughs> and then in like it's like a every joke it's like every clown joke you could think of is in killer clowns from outer space mm-hmm. every joke that you could think about psycho gorman like they do in this movie yeah yeah i kind of yeah. remembered killer clowns from watching this as well and i know steven kaczynski kostansky kostansky when we were we were listening to him like talking about the inception, he got the money from like someone who was well-to-do had money to finance a movie and basically wanted something silly. Like you could do what you wanted, but like make it, make it fun, make something fun with whatever you're doing. And he had a a blast like coming up with different stuff to put in this. And I know he's used to making practical effects from his other movies. So it was really what they could all fit in to this movie, which I, I enjoyed a lot of those elements uh, for this film, but I, Another part I wanted to bring up about like Mimi, we were talking about whenever you started to get the backstory of Psycho Gorman, he's from Gaiax, I believe is his planet. And he was talking about how he was ruled by the Templars and he found this amulet that gave him the power to like rule the galaxies. But every time he really started to get into a story, she would like cut it off. Like you get a little glimpse of it and she'd be like, I'm bored. And they would leave. So you never you got a good backstory of who Psycho Gorman is, but it was just like a hint. It was like a hint of like what could be, and I think that's maybe why people enjoy this movie. Is you don't get the whole backstory. There's like hints and glimpses of what could be in a different movie of like these intergalactic fights that will take place, but you don't like see those. You don't see the big sword fights in space. Yeah, it definitely like gives you a little bit, and but not too much. It's just like it kind of like if you go too heavy origin, like it's going to, you're, you're just going to have a bad time. Like fucking the remake of nightmare on Elm street. I like to bring up where they like, they give too much backstory to Freddie and it just like completely ruins the movie. And also yeah. just have bad special effects. <laughs> or if it's like not enough, it's like sometimes that works, but you got to like really write it in a good way. So if you just like are just mysterious for, to be mysterious without giving too much, uh, anything away. It's like, it could kind of annoy people. I feel like. Yeah, that's a good point. And I heard, uh, the director, he was talking about if they did a different movie, cause there, this will be a cult movie. I feel like, I mean, it, it wasn't in big theaters. It was, people were watching it on shutter or, or I think it's on Amazon. If you can watch it on there, you know, people might want more. And he was even talking about potentially, you know, you could follow him where he takes off at the end of this movie. Or I liked an idea of where he said, uh, I could make a whole different movie. That's, you know, kind of like this interdimensional aliens or people. And there's a storyline going on of a struggle. And then the villain 
that comes in to kind of ruin the situation is Psycho Gorman. So he he would create like a universe uh, uh, of Psycho Gorman of different universes and connect them all. And if he keeps the same tone, I think it works. But if you kind of try to go serious with it, like carry to Marvel Universe, it would the movies wouldn't be as good, or they wouldn't be as the, enjoyable. You have to keep that yeah. hilarity it, to them. That it's a that absurd. wouldn't work if you take it too seriously. I feel like it's like uh, it it just be. I feel like every shared universe like attempt has like failed pretty miserably since like everyone's like oh we gotta do the Marvel thing like fucking Universal where they tried to launch like a new Universal Monsters shared That's universe right. it failed immediately. <laughs> yeah, it didn't even. I think the first one was the Mummy, right, with Tom Cruise. Yeah, and it just didn't really get off the ground because I'm sure they were gonna do. Well, I guess the Invisible Man also would have been part of that series, right? And that was. Well, well that was totally revamped because, like, yeah. it was supposed to be, I think, Johnny Depp. Oh, really? Or something. They, like, had, like, promotional posters, like, before it, like, really bombed. Or, like, had Russell Crowe as, like, Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or whatever. And they had, like, Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man and, and, like, a couple other ones. Fucking The Mummy failed. And then it was, like, okay, uh, Blumhouse has an idea for Invisible Man. Let's let them do that. <laughs> Did Blumhouse do that? Yeah. Was that so Universal? Interesting. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. And they're Wait, letting did you have do... part of that, Pete? Were you? Uh, no, we hey, uh, we sw- we separated ways. By that point, you had okay. I was kind of curious. Yeah. You, know, you fall out with Jason came. Yeah, it was it was it was about that point. Man, sorry about that. I mean, that movie sucked. So. <laughs> keep saying that because I, I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really would have liked to see that universe pan out or if maybe blumhouse does something similar because now they did invisible man because i know and this is the last tangent on, on that that series tom cruise had a lot of hands-on involvement with the mummy like i think he brought in screenwriters to make it more about his character instead of the actual mummy and kind of rewrote it that which- is what i heard might have had an influence on the outcome of the film, but maybe Blumhouse can do something uh, with that. But for Psycho Goreman, Psycho Goreman, PG for short. But I guess practical effects we've we've touched on them. Did you? What did you guys think of the actual design of the film with the way these things looked? Um, yeah, from so Psycho Goreman to I... Alistair, that was his name, who became the Brain. Yeah, or Alistair. Yeah, I felt bad for Alistair. Me too. I think like it mostly looked good. I think some of like I, I guess like they're trying to be cheesy with some of them, and it was like very obviously like bad effects. So I didn't know how to like process that if that was just like a joke or if it was just was like they just didn't have enough money to do that shot. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah, because I feel like it could go either way. And I, from what I remember of like The Void, even though I wasn't crazy about The Void, I thought the special effects were impressive. Mm, and I yeah. think this goes... And it, I want to say, like, was that practical? I thought it was more CGI heavy. 
The Void. I can't really remember. The Void was pretty... I mean, I'm sure there was some CGI. I'd have to watch it again. I've actually been wanting to since we watched Psycho Gorman, but uh, I think it was heavy practical effects. Like, they did was a it? lot of... Okay. Action, like, looking... It looked like this, but it, the tone was completely different. It was yeah, meant to be very like different. a horror movie. Like, scary. I would say, like, the practical... I thought maybe they, like, blended more uh, CGI into the into the Void, maybe... But I can't remember. Definitely in the end, because they go to like that mm, spoilers, but they go into like that other dimension for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I do like, remember that. Like 30 seconds. So that is some CGI in there. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you kind of mentioned you were talking about if, you know, that it was meant to look cheesy, some of the practical effects, or they just didn't have the money for chance. They didn't have the to get the shot, whatever they wanted. I was kind of curious um, in my research, I was able to come up with the budget for the movie. What do you think the budget was? Because they also have how much they then spent on these practical effects of the character. So do you have any idea? This isn't Canadian dollars also. I don't know what the exchange oh, is. This is Canadian dollars. <laughs> I'm going to say I, $5 million Canadian dollars. Okay. I really don't want to throw out like specific numbers, but I just have a feeling that it's kind of more in the lower budget of things. Like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it vague like that. I don't think it was a high, uh, high dollar production. No, I think, uh, again, this, the director said it came from like a friend. It eventually stretched to about 850,000 Canadian dollars. Oh, wow. A lot less than I thought. Yeah. I think he said it started at like 500,000 Canadian dollars and it eventually moved to 850, um, towards the end of it. And they used about 50 grand of that on all the creature stuff. Creature design. So what is that in US dollars then? Do we know? It's a lot less. Yeah, it'd be less because Canadians, like if you ever looked, I don't know if you guys did this when you were younger, when you look at the back of a book, like at a library, and it always had the yeah, American the price. And, yeah, the Canadian dollars right below it. And it was always yeah, yeah, a little yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, wow, I'm glad I don't live in Canada. Yeah. So it, it's probably close, but it's definitely less in US dollars. So, okay. so that's probably like 650,000. Maybe. Yeah. For this whole movie, very low budget, definitely probably lower than a lot of the movies we've done recently. I feel like yeah. we've done some pretty more. Well, spr- I don't know. It's, I think spring was more, but I, I don't think it was that much. The last one we just did spring. I don't think was too much either, but that's really one low. us dollar goes until 1.2 Canadian dollars. Okay. Yeah. I think I saw for the actual box office because it went to some theaters. I heard okay. um, not very Earlier many. this year. I want to say was it I mean, earlier I this sense. year. I want to say finally, I didn't hear of it myself, but um, yeah, apparently that happened. Yeah. And 676,000. Yeah. You were almost right on the money when you, uh, you guessed 650,000. I did. I was very close. Yeah. I wonder what the void was, but I mean, that's impressive. I really think to take that much money um, to make this movie, especially I when you know how well like the practical effects were, or you know, a lot of effort went into how the characters looked, um, and I appreciated it definitely visually looking at it. I think it's only made like ninety five thousand dollars so far in the box office. I'm sure they've made some stuff from like send, giving it to Shutter and whatnot, but. Yeah, I'm Still sure they got some sense. kind of flat fee from that. Yeah. 
just to, to play it. But I, I found interesting before we kind of get back in a psycho Gorman, the director, one of his last movies he just came off before doing this one was Leprechaun Returns. Um, <laughs> no shit. I did not know that. So that's another little horror tidbit for you. Yeah. Leprechaun oh Returns was his last one before jumping into Psycho Gorman. Were there any particular, I know there's a lot of stuff jam packed in here. And we talked about Mimi and, and the dad um, in that relationship. Was there anything that really stood out to you in this movie? Because there's a lot, a lot of stuff jam packed into it. Any scene or any moment in particular that really got you on board or turned you off? Cause it, you know, this could go either way with this movie. That game that fucking made no sense that they played. Oh, crazy, crazy ball. ball. I know it was intentional, but I was just like, I, why? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish actually it was possible to like, know it, but like they like intentionally did not explain the whole game. And I wish that it like was fully explained. And it was just like, you just didn't understand it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Crazy ball. I feel like watching it, it gives us the opening scene too. It plays a pivotal part at the end for the, you know, for the fate of the universe. It plays a, a pivotal point, but at the beginning you, you're introduced to it. I feel like it was meant to replicate the way they shot it, at least of like a nineties TV commercial for like, a Nerf ball or like some game that I was watching on Nickelodeon or something. And they were, they were uh, soccer, soccer boppers, whatever the hell it was called. Soccer. Maybe. Yeah. One of those toys. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? You can see the commercial and it's just like, I feel like maybe they were trying to replicate that, that same uh, energy when they were filming the crazy ball scenes. That would make sense. Cause that's how <laughs> I felt, but I didn't know that I felt that way until you just said that, you know, because I definitely did feel like, you know, before we even talked about it, like, I feel like this movie, yeah, it was, it came out last year, but I feel like it could have been made in the late 80s or early 90s. But as far as your question, um, I really liked when the older brother kind of, like, got a little bit of courage to, like, stand up to the little sister. And he's like, hey, you're, like, kind of, kind of a jerk. And, uh, you know, and then, like, all she does to acknowledge it first she starts singing that song again like frig off like you're not the boss of me it was just like okay clearly there's not gonna be a character transformation here (laughs) then she fucking says sorry in morse code and that was that was the end of that but i was really proud of the brother for at least acknowledging it yeah i feel like he was i mean she was unremorseful throughout. And I think they were trying to like, you know, make it a joke as much as possible that like at the end of these movies in the nineties that maybe people did learn lessons or they were like being too satirical that like, she's never going to learn anything. And I, and, cause she didn't. And Luke throughout was like very, uh, I don't know, he took it. He took it from his sister. He was never mean. And there were several times where he had the amulet or where psycho Gorman came to his dream. and was like, this game has gone on long enough. Um, get the amulet and give it to me. And he never really that I turned his back on her, even though he had so many opportunities. He was just like, just say sorry. Stop being mm-hmm. mean to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. yeah, Luke was more redemptive than, well, the dad was, I mean, Mimi and the dad mirror each other. They were, they didn't learn anything yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, and the mom all. and the, and the brother are kind of more alike than I guess. Yeah. I also thought, like, the brother was, like, kind of annoying, too, because he was, like, 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 
like the exact opposite of Mimi, where he's just like too much of a pushover. Hmm. Yeah. Made it easy um, for like, her. Yeah, and I was just like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Luke. Even Psycho Gorman forgot his name throughout the movie. <laughs> That's, That's true. Like a running bit. And I, re- I realized I didn't know his name either. Like when it came up with Psycho Gorman, I was like, oh yeah, like I don't even. <laughs> it's goodbye, Luke for boy. anyone wondering out there. Even the ending, which Mimi doesn't really learn anything, but it's basically they free Psycho Gorman and give him the amulet and allow him to walk into, it looks like, some other dimensions to wreak havoc, but it's like played with uplifting music and like Mimi's like smiling and gives a thumbs up. It looked like the other side of town. It looked like... It did. It it did because <laughs> because like they showed like the news i think near the end and it was just like giant psycho gorman attacks the town <laughs> so he's just wrecking havoc somewhere around somewhere else leaving yeah. leaving the family alone mm-hmm. just leaving them alone and alistair is having dinner with his family as a giant brain dude yeah I that was just so unfortunate yeah, I definitely thought at some point in that final scene before the credits ran that Alistair was going to turn back into a, a boy again and not some brain with googly eyes. Yeah, that was my expectation, but it didn't happen. He got wow. a really rotten end of the deal. As he's sitting there, the uh, the end credit song plays, which is a 90s style uh, rapped about the movie, which was very reminiscent of movies I watched growing up, it, especially like- if it starred Will Smith. Uh, Deep Blue Sea, I feel like, also had one. Oh, you mean Deepest, Bluest, My Head is Like a Shark's Fin? That yeah. song by Oh, Cool yeah. J? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one. That's the <laughs> best one. That was like rounding out the early 2000s where that was probably, that probably killed him. Like after that, yeah. like, that's the last one, guys. They're no like, more we can't, we can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we're kind of rounding out, uh, talking about psycho gorman here um just giving everybody a little beat of pg for short which is the end credits song evil once buried forever now he's awake and he's ready for terror but hold up wait there's a catch this kid mimi has a plan to hatch the magic gem she has the power the monster's a friend it's her finest hour they'll go on adventures cause all kinds of trouble blow up the world and dance on the rubble first he needs the all right, I'll, I'll fade it out, but because it goes on for like two and a half minutes, just so everybody's aware. And it literally, I well, I've listened to that song now. It's like plot for plot point that rap. Like it goes <laughs> over everything, which makes it even more fun because it's yeah, like leaves it. nothing to imagination. Then they went outside and they found the <laughs> amulet. It's like, this keeps going on. It's great. I like it um, for a play by play. Yeah, just in case you weren't paying attention, here's a rap about it. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what those those '90s credits movies or movie songs were about, like Wild Wild West and everything. It's like here's the movie. Remember that movie you just watched? Here's a recap. Wookie Wookie. Every wild, movie wild. should have that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they should have an intro one too to get you really yeah. new, up for it. I haven't watched the new Space Jam, but I've know the the new Space Jam's got some songs in there. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that I uh, I didn't know that was coming out, actually. It just kind of hit me out of nowhere. 
I've heard a lot of people talk shit about it. And I'm just like, was the original Space Jam really that much better? Yes. Granted, I loved it as a kid, but I don't think... I think people are being a little harsh on the new Space Jam, where it's the same exact thing for today's <laughs> kids. Like, let's let's cut it some slack. <laughs> no. 100% I mean, agree. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Lindsay. Oh, no, nothing. I mean, I haven't seen it, but if people are talking shit on it, then, you know, I agree with you, Pete. Let's just give everybody a little bit of room. Yeah, I loved Space Jam growing up because it was like Michael Jordan and it was like I was eight years old and it was the Looney Tunes. Yeah, Bugs Bunny, yeah. It was super fun. <laughs> Watching it as an adult, if you go back and watch it, it'd be nostalgic for us. But like if you didn't grow up in our generation, you'd be like, this is a f- okay movie. It's not great. It's just like Michael Jordan with Looney Tunes. It's, it's whatever. So an eight-year-old kid now going to see LeBron James do the same thing in like a cartoon movie. I'm sure it's fine. I'm probably not going to like it. Like I'm not going to love it, but I'm sure it's fine for a new generation of kids who watch LeBron compared to Michael. Yeah. And, if you're like a 12 year kid who like loves basketball or something. Yeah. That's probably pretty amazing. Like I guarantee like some of those players that were in Michael's version, because there's the other players that are like, you know, the, what is it? Not the tune squad. It's the, who are they? Monsters. The other people. Monsters. Yeah, Thank monsters. you. Yeah. The monsters. They take away from like Charles Barkley. That's the only one I remember. <laughs> uh, Patrick Ewing, yeah, Muggsy was it Muggsy Bow? Uh, I think Larry Johnson, who's and then some other guy that I don't even remember. And see, I don't remember these players, and I grew up with them. I get, I guarantee, if some kid growing up today was like, "Who are these people?" So they put other basketball, like Damian Lillard, is in this new one, who's a, a player now. It's just what about an, Bill Murray. He is unforgettable in his role. <laughs> Yeah, or the guy from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Wayne Wayne Knight. Is that the, yeah. is that the guy? Really? Yeah, he plays Newman. Yeah. Okay, guy, that's what I mm-hmm. thought, but I I forgot obviously. My favorite part, and this is our side tangent on Space Jam. Uh, my favorite part in Space Jam with Bill Murray is like he comes into the tunes, the Looney Tune land to play with them at the end, and like. Basically, Bill Murray, in reality, wanted to be in this movie because it was Michael Jordan. He's a big Chicago fan. Bulls, he like would love the opportunity to be in this movie with Michael, and it's just a fun experience. In the movie, I didn't know it until I was like an adult. They're like, Bugs Bunny goes to Bill Murray and is like, so uh, how did you get here? <laughs> and Bill's like, uh, you know, I'm really good friends with the producers, um, and they helped <laughs> me get here. And it's like straightforward, like... <laughs> Cuts the shit. Like, I just wanted to be in this movie. And when I was a kid, I was just like, I don't really care how he got there. He's funny. But now it's just like, "Eh, I just want to be in the movie. (laughs) I remember him saying, like, I remember Bugs Bunny asking him that, but I didn't remember Bill Murray's line. And that's really funny. (laughs) It's really good. (laughs) Well, unless anybody has anything else to, uh, to bring up, I think we can kind of roll into uh, the Defender Destroy. Is that good? Or, Lindsay, do you have trivia for Psycho Gorman? PG for short. It's PG Psycho Gorman sadly does not have a lot of uh, trivia out there. Um, so forgive me for the lack of exciting trivia. The one thing that I found that um, really, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, so, you know, to get the actor in full character, you know, his full getup, it took many hours to apply. So, 
you know, he was, and his name's Matthew Nadeber, um, the actor. Um, he's the first person on set and the last to leave, you know, because of his uh, situation. And, um, you know, like the crew didn't even like know it was him half the time because he spent so much time in the costume and they would like call security on him, which I think is mm. fucking hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, they only know him as Psycho Gorman. Yeah. Not as oh. whoever. That's <laughs> so that's really um, about it, though. I wonder, this is like a tangent question to that, how long it took them to shoot. I don't have that that fact in front of me, but like if he was the first one there, you know, and the last one to leave, because there's so much, so much time. Um, how, how long did he have to do that for? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Let me see if we can find out. I would assume it'd be fairly short. This is a low budget, like horror movie like this. I, I would imagine like three or four weeks. Yeah. Probably. So manageable, I guess. Uh, but I'm sure, I don't know how many hours it took to get that, get that stuff on. Yeah. And the Templar stuff. I like the way that looked too, but they're not in it. Psycho Gorman's in it like the whole time. That was very Power Rangers for sure. Yes, 100%. Yeah, that's a Power Rangers outfit. And they had the sword and everything too. That's great. Do you want to start off with Defend or Destroy for this, Matt, since you picked it? Yeah, I'll start it off. We've reached the conclusion of the podcast. Congratulations on making it all the way. You have one final challenge. The terrible trio will decide whether this movie passes the test. Choose wisely. Defend or destroy. All right. I will start it off. I was super excited for this one, as I probably mentioned throughout the show, just because I visually I was it was very striking when I first saw it. Um, and I knew this guy who's in the void before, so I was excited to watch it. Um, and I knew it was kind of like a comedy, absurd, kind of tone to it, so it wasn't taking itself too seriously. Um, it was a little different, actually, than what I expected the plot to be. I I mean, I know it was supposed to be Mimi and this 12-year-old kid, like, actually controlling it. But I thought maybe more, there'd be more tension or more like Gorman didn't want to be their friend as much. And he might have got loose at some point. And they had to rein him back in. Not so much that they just like, he learned what love was and uh, went on to continue to destroy the world. And they became friends. A little different avenue of where I thought it was going to go. But I still thought it was fun, entertaining. Um, and it looked really cool. That was the biggest thing. I liked the way it looked um, for me. Uh, it reminded me of a lot of stuff from like the 90s TV shows or movies growing up that I watched. So nostalgia sets in for sure. So I'll, def- I'll defend Psycho Gorman. More comedy than horror. A lot of guts, but definitely uh, I'll defend it. Go ahead, Lindsay. Okay. I, I, I still can't believe this movie was only made last year. Like we all touched on, it seems like it kind of touches on years way in the past, you know, like 80s, 90s elements. So I really like it for that reason. You know, the humor, like, I don't know. It just, I thought, hit right interspersed with all the other elements. Um, scattered throughout like we discussed um it's my type of horror movie you know it's at times it seems a little bit over the top because there is a lot going on and they did kind of cram a lot in there but um i loved it i don't think you can really put this movie into a box because it's just something on its own for me it's a defend through and through 
So Pete, that leaves you to round us out. It does. I am going to destroy this movie. All right, cut the feed. Cut the feed. <laughs> Get him out of here. I did not like it. I didn't know what to expect. I was just mostly kind of just like not really feeling it. It kind of reminds me of another movie that I watched recently. I think it's called Summer of 84. It's like another like modern horror movie like made specifically for like nostalgia of 80s movies. And for me, like I love 80s horror. Don't get me wrong. But like now I don't want to see that. I want to see like instead of looking to the past, like see what we could do now. Like if you want to make a movie set in the eighties, but like have the conventions of like a now horror movie, I think that would be more interesting. Like, I don't know. I just didn't care for this trip down nostalgia lane. Like if I want to watch that, I'll watch an eighties movie. I don't know. That makes sense. No, like totally. That's like when I heard of some of the critique critics, it's like either you're like super on board for what it's doing and like the eighties and nineties stuff. And like you, you want that. And if you don't, you might not enjoy it that much because it really kind of keeps packing it on um, more and more absurd, more and more references, more of this stuff that you may have seen before. So if it's not your cup of tea or what, or even the mood you're in there, I really enjoyed it right now, but there could come a time in the future where like, I'm not about this style or whatever. And I'm like, this movie's kind of, dry or I, I, I don't, it does, it's not enjoyable. So I totally get that. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. It, I, I think that's just like my, really the only criticism I had. Cause like it just leaned into that so hard. So that's like the entire right. movie. Mm-hmm. And so there's not really much else I can say. Like I'm, I am impressed. Like what he was able to do with that little amount of money. Just like, he just so happens to made two movies I haven't really enjoyed yet. <laughs> like The Void and now this. Like We gotta check out just, Leprechaun Returns. Yeah, see if that changes my mind. Yeah, I honestly don't know what else to say besides that, like if I just it just wasn't doing it for me. That's fair. And I, I, I just had a follow up then when you were talking about, you know, you'd rather watch an eighties movie than, you know, watch one that's replicating something from the eighties or style. I was kind of curious. This one like really leans into it, but what I think of like house of the devil or something like that's Ty West, which that's like, cause it's a little more subdued. It's definitely like trying to set itself in the eighties, but it, it doesn't feel like it's trying to replicate an eighties movie so much. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does, does I this do one, like do you prefer one or the other or both of them kind of fall into the same camp? Like just, I'd rather see something newer, not like, I actually like house of the devil. I actually do like that movie. Okay. And I don't know if that's because of the time I watched it. Like I, well, I remember we also watched it for the podcast very early on, and I still very much enjoyed it. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about it was that. Before, it was before you talked about Ty West, like as a director. I did. Yeah. I did. And that was before Lindsay came on board, and I did. I'm pretty sure I defended that movie because I I remember liking it because it's a nice slow burn movie. That's like I want to say it's even more 70s. Yeah, I want to say it was inspired. 70s. Because it's like I feel like a lot of those like exploitation like of cult movies were very seventies. Definitely, yeah, definitely the occult stuff, like yeah. the Wicker Man and everything. I just watched the Innkeepers actually. Uh, That's previously. a good one. It's Ty West as well. Uh, short Ty West shout out. Another independent like low budget horror guy. Which shout out to him. He has a new movie finally coming out. It's been like seven years. 
Um, oh yeah. It's, it's supposed to come out, uh, I think this year or maybe 2022, early 2022. So he'll finally be making a new horror movie. Other than that, I think that will conclude today. Psycho Gorman. I appreciate everybody um, tuning in, uh, listening today. We always appreciate it. Uh, until next time, get at us on our website, uh, Twitter, Facebook. We are active on social media. We are in the 21st century. Check out our blogs. Maybe not as fresh, but they're still there. We still got blogs out there. Uh, we're on anywhere you can really listen to podcasts right now. So like, subscribe, review. That always helps. All that that stuff. But until next time, I'm uh, Matt Johnson. I will remain in the shadows of uh, the planet of Gygax. Isn't that the guy that invented d and Maybe. I don't know. I think Gygax is his name. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm Lindsay Clark, and Frogoth, I'm the heck of best. <laughs>